Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Siegfried and Roy, and we watched the remake of Fright Night. But before we get into this, Which one am I? Don't say the gay one. <laughs> uh, you're whichever one got eaten by the tiger. All right, so... It doesn't help. <laughs> All right, Parker, uh, before we get into it, I have a, a little challenge for you. I'm going to cool. read... I'm going to read something Good. that a friend of mine added to his watch list it in, on Letterboxd. Yeah, exactly. And, uh... Why don't you I'm, touch your toes while you're at it, you fucking prick? <laughs> <laughs> And for my next... Hey, did you just say his book list on Letterboxd? <laughs> no, 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 his watch list on uh, Letterboxd. Uh, they have a book list site, it's called uh, goodreads.com, and it's unusable. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought that was like its own thing. Yeah. I hope we're not also doing that on Letterboxd, because oh. those people don't read. <laughs> yeah, Parker, I'm sure, has an account on <laughs> Goodreads. Don't ask me what that password is, <laughs> yeah. that's long gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm going to read you uh, some details about this movie. It is, uh, let's see... It is 73 minutes long, mm-hmm. came out in 1995, and it's a Japanese movie directed by Keita Amamiya. Here is the tagline. The darkest force of destruction is the only hope for salvation. It's kind of vague. Here's the, uh, the summary. In the far future, peace and violence walk hand in hand. The citizens of Jesus Town, a false utopia ruled by the <laughs> iron fist of Gurjev and his cyborg enforcer, Michael, long for a savior <laughs> long for a savior from their veil of peace. While a small band of rebels search for a new weapon to aid in their fight against Gurjev, a dark force begins to stir. Hidden far from civilization lies what could be the answer to everyone's prayers. After a long imprisonment, Hakaider, the destruction rider, is discovered by the rebel forces. Kauru, a member of the rebellion, enlists Hakaider to aid in their fight. Now aware of the new menace, Gurjev seeks to crush the rebels and remove the threat of Hakaider once and for all. Will Hakaider prove to be a long-desired savior or an unstoppable force that will destroy all? Barker, does this interest you? Not only does it interest me, one of my friends has tried to get me to watch this three times now. Okay, well here's the reveal. (laughs) Here's the reveal. The title of this movie is Mechanical Violator Hakaider. Yeah, dude. (laughs) That's going on the old watch list. I don't forget about it. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, Fright Night's pretty good. We'll talk about it later. Uh, Parker, you have any news? You know what's not good? There's none of the movies you want to see coming out. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed two more weeks of Gran Turismo trailers, dickhead. Oh, God. That's all I'm yeah, fucking God. getting on Friday. Jeez. I am sick yeah, of that anything, fucking trailer, by the way. Anything you're excited for? Uh, 2024. 
I hope you guys like white guy karate because we got we got a six month bad out. Well, good news. Going. We happen to have uh, a few aficionados on this podcast. There's like eight uh, blood also, fist movies. <laughs> if you don't like white guy karate, like why are you listening to this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like what's wrong with you? Yeah. Uh, well, um, uh, shall we do Aquaman two? Will not be seen tonight. <laughs> so blood fist three. Tom the Dragon Wolf is in prison. <laughs> You, you know, they have uh, some news that came out recently is that IMAX is going to be using older screens for Dune 2 instead of, uh, what's the new Marvel one that's going to, is it just called The Marvels or whatever? Yep. Yeah, that looks, sure, that trailer looks fucking awful, by the way. Atrocious. Yeah. I, I do like that a bunch of I do of like women. I respect women heroes. It's good that they have heroes. It's very important. That yeah. They have by the way, Mechanical Violator Hokkaider is on 2 What? What? <laughs> I, I just assumed something yeah. came up. I <laughs> okay, so uh, who are the? Oh yeah, fucking. Let's do jerks of the week. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. From the director of Cyber Ninja. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, any jerks of the week, guys? Uh, mine is myself, and that will become apparent much later on. But let's just say, <laughs> been going through the old assignments and uh, been paying interest on these. <laughs> <laughs> You'll fucking see. Uh, my jerk of the week is the U.S. government because how dare you indict Trump an hour before the trade deadline? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? The one hour a year I need to be glued to Twitter, and now I have everyone talking about the fucking Cheeto Man. <laughs> Suck my ass. All right. Well, this time we got him. Yeah. I don't really have a hero of the week or a villain of the week, uh, so instead I'm going to go with a sidekick of the week. Swiss of the week. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going. I'm going with a sidekick of the week because this uh, this leads a little bit more positive. I'm trying to look on the positive side of life. Uh, I've been getting back into Street Fighter Three Third Strike, and it's really fun. It's uh, that's a really well made game. It's uh, it's enjoyable. I'm not good at it, but like I have fun with it. Uh, but I've noticed that every single character in the game, bar one, has really big feet. And it's very distracting. I feel like this is a game that Mac would love. And uh, But Sidekick of the Week is Chun-Li, who has normal-sized feet. So thank you for not being weird about that one. Unfortunately, Josh may be my jerk of the week because I was like, oh, maybe Street Fighter Six is good up here and, like, Repick likes it. He's like, oh, yeah, in that game you can get Chun-Li's phone number. So I will be saving $60. Josh just knows how to get me to save money. <laughs> If anyone would. Yeah, he would be the guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, let's talk about what we watched here. Miller's Crossing. It's by Ethan Cohen. He has a, a brother and he does movies with him. Miller's Crossing is one of their most beloved. <laughs> like a real brother or is it just <laughs> Ethan Cohen in a disguise? Uh, I guess we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, well, I lost my train of thought. Miller's Crossing is good. Uh, what am I supposed to say about it? Everyone likes that one. Uh, here's a French movie I surprisingly end up enjoying. It's called The Lovers on the Bridge. Surprisingly. Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> This one's not on the list, thank goodness. Uh, it's about uh, a drug addict uh, drunk who's homeless, and he's uh, yeah. pretty much near death. And he falls in love with an artist who's uh, losing her eyesight. And uh, they have a cute little romance together, and I have to admit, it kind of worked for me. 
I think that there's a, a decent amount of subtext here about what it's like to finally get into a relationship when you feel that the world has abandoned you in some sort of way. And, uh, you know, maybe young men in America could use this sort of thing instead of Andrew Tate. But uh, they, just, they just post the frog, all, right? It's fine. All they have to do... You post the frog and all works out. All they have to do is watch a two-hour French movie from 1991. So... <laughs> How do I reach these kids? <laughs> <Yeah>. I've got... <laughs> All right, so the I cool teacher going to the urban school putting on some French movie from 1945. Yeah, this will make him feel good. Un- underlining his name in chalk three times because yeah. he's going to teach them. All right, so uh, th- this next one is actually fairly relevant. Uh, this is called The Player, and it's from 1992. Uh, the basic idea is there's a Hollywood executive who starts receiving threatening postcards from a writer that he had previously spurned. And uh, the threats get more and more violent. And he finally finds uh, one of the writers that he spurned, uh, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, who's, I think, cosplaying as Adam Friedland. And uh, <laughs> the student executive kills this guy, uh, sort of by accident, but then he tries to like cover it up. And uh, meanwhile, they're like, ah, these writers, they want everything. And they're trying to find a way to not need writers anymore, which led to one of my favorite quotes. It's like, yeah, you know pretty interested by this idea of getting rid of the writers you know we get rid of the directors and actors we could really be into something here uh it seems timely with the writer strike going on and uh guess what this movie really holds up it's uh awfully prescient this ends up being i guess my favorite robert altman movie which sounds kind of sacrilegious but not as much as my second favorite robert altman movie popeye so <laughs> even I feel I'm offended. <laughs> I can't get into his movies. I can't help it. Nashville's so boring. I don't like country music. <laughs> what do you think's a better uh Adam Freeland performance? This or Men in Black? We also <laughs> plays a bug man. That's for no one. Here's a good one. Uh this is a movie that I don't know why. It seems like this movie has been popping up a lot in my timeline recently, but a lot of people were talking about a movie called One False Move. And uh, it's got Billy Bob Thornton in it, and uh, who I haven't seen in a lot of stuff. But uh, I've been watching more and more movies with him. I think ever since uh, A Simple Plan, Parker, you assigned to me, I was like, you know, I should seek out his work more. I really identify with him. And uh, One False Move, he plays almost the exact same role, except a, a bit more violent. And uh, I ended up really enjoying this one. It's uh, it's a neo-noir, and it takes place in the South. They say it. And I really oh, like it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it is a neo-noir. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it's actually really well done, and uh, it's it, there is a meditation on violence. And anyway, I watched a movie about a pig. Who talks? Next week, oh, you just go like, yeah. I watched Monsters Ball to see more Billy Bob. I kept fast forwarding. There were no fucking monsters. This shit sucks. <laughs> Can't believe it's on the list. Okay. Yo, where's Frankenstein at? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Uh, Frankenstein's are actually the name of the scientist. They don't even sing That's the Monster Mash. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next one I watched is uh, this is a change here. I finally found a, a Hayao Miyazaki movie I don't hate. Also, I don't know that I can do an obscene uh, changing of the title for this one. It's called Porco Rosso, and it's about a pig who can Porco talk. Rosso. And... <laughs> <Okay>. So, uh... 
very timely considering the videos of flying pigs that have been going around this week. Yeah. All right. Porco Rosso is a uh, he can fly planes and uh, he fights against uh, the Italians uh, who are at the onset of World War Two and stuff like that. There's a quote that keeps going around that says, "I'd rather be a pig than a fascist," and this is uh, the fight song for letterbox users. But the, you know what? The movie's actually really good. It's uh, it's surprisingly well animated, considering most of Hayao stuff sucks. I'm kidding. Uh, I like the performances. I like the writing. I I think there's a sense of adventure that appeals to all ages. Uh, but this is also one where you watch it like this is clearly really good for kids. I'm really happy that kids would have something like this to watch. I cannot say the same about a movie I went to the theaters for, Barbie. <laughs> Now, here's the thing. I want to get in front of this. I actually really like Barbie. I think Barbie's a very good movie. Uh, again, I have never seen so much fucking pink in my life. It was overwhelming. Like a sensory overload, dude. But, you know, I got in there and I'm like, okay, impress me, Greta Gerwig. Uh, let's see it. And I gotta say, for the most part, the, this is a comedy film. And the comedy kind of left me flat. I only laughed out loud a few times. And it was mostly chuckles at that. Um, I don't know, maybe I, I just wasn't in the right frame of mind or something like that, but I went to a packed theater because I wanted that theater experience. I wanted, you know, if everyone's laughing, I'm going to end up laughing. And I think the rest of my theater was kind of left dry by some of these jokes, too. I'll tell you the one joke that killed was the Helen Mirren break in the fourth wall when uh, when Barbie says, oh, I God. just, I just, wait, what was it? Alex? I don't even remember. I just that I'm remembering that that joke was in the movie just upset me again because you want to talk about jokes that didn't work on me. See, Boy. it didn't work on me either, but it crushed my yeah. theater. Yeah, that's the thing is it absolutely destroyed my theater. They they all thought that was like the best line in the movie. I I gotta say I agree with Lady Alex that the movie it does seem to turn its head to the camera and go, "Do you get it?" Uh, a few too many times for me. Uh, they do that literally in the Ariel Ferrera scene, but those aren't really jokes. It's just a, a manifesto. Much of which I agree with. Uh, in fact, I gotta say, you know, shots fired and shots landed for some of them. The one where Ken, like, opens the door and sees Barbie there and, like, hides and gets away. He's like, oh, you caught me in the middle of reading. I'm like, shit, they got me. How'd they know? My <laughs> secret technique. <laughs> what? I thought I came up with this. Yeah. Uh, what else is it about it? Um, oh, yeah, about it being for kids. I don't know if you should take your kids to it. I gotta admit, you wanna know a joke that didn't. <laughs> I, I, you want to know a joke that did not work in this movie? Like, my theater, like, actively voiced disgust was every single beat you off line. Uh, good for you. Yeah, well, maybe good for my theater. I, uh, they hated that line. There was, like, there was, like, I, there was, like, murmuring behind me, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I did, like, the, the girl sitting next to me. I'm not going to play the, the song for her because I can't tell, but she walked out, and the first thing she said was, that movie was so weird. <laughs> I'm like, huh. <laughs> this is what happens when you make a movie for the most online millennials that have ever walked this fucking earth. Yeah. And it makes a gorillion dollars and normies go, oh, I should see this too. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing that I really liked about the movie is uh, the commentary. I can understand. I know why right-wing chuds are getting mad at this and be like, oh, it's woke, but it's making money. I... I, I can't find anything I disagree with any of their findings. Be like, yeah, you know, it is hard to be a woman sometimes. It is tough, you know? And, uh, yeah, guys could be kind of stupid sometimes. You know, you haven't said anything I disagree with so far. And it's it's good satire. And about it, the, the comedy is, 
I, I knew it was funny, but I wasn't laughing out loud at a whole lot of scenes. I guess that's really the other thing about it. Uh, final note about it, something I really like, and I think I've been picking up on this a lot in Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach's work, is there always seems to be a message that things aren't as good as they should be or as good as we would like, but they're also not as bad as we might think or as, or as things might seem. And Barbie kind of has that uh, a little bit, and I, I happen to like that. Uh, oh, yeah, and also, yeah, Parker, the, the scene where it pulls out their old playing that Matchbox 20 song on the beach was, uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. Worth my ticket price, honestly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the drum kit at the end really is just yeah. beautiful. Because of course there'd be one. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> my biggest conflict with that movie is I know that this time next month, all the most annoying people I know are going to have an I Am Knuff shirt. Oh, yeah. But also, I still secretly You've, want one. I, I could totally rock that. By the time I order one and it gets here, I'll already be sick of it. That's yeah. the only reason I've been done it. The thing is, like, I kind of want to get like that big fur coat that he was wearing the whole time, but I'd have to dye my hair, and uh, I fear change. I get that fanny pack. I keep rocking the Hawaiian shirts. I oh, could, yeah, we could turn things around. Yeah, we could. Uh, we're gonna... I need to start wearing my ninja headband. <laughs> I should get one of those. Too. <laughs> I need three more watches. <laughs> it's, it's, that was a good very one. clearly like one of a pack of six from like a, a package of like child's party favors. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I don't need six of those. Yeah. Also, I just keep thinking of the fact that every time you see a TV in the background, it's just a picture of a horse. (laughs) Such a good bit. I'll tell you a line that I like that no one else laughed at, which uh, made me feel kind of awkward, is uh, they're in the real world, and uh, Ken's, like, kind of bored, and he just wants to, like, go somewhere by himself. He's like, can I just leave? Can I just walk by myself? And Barbara's like, yeah, sure, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to do, like, my inner mind, find the child that needs me. And uh, he's like, okay, can, can I just... Can I just go? And she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And there's a pause. I was like, can I go this way? And <laughs> she's like, yeah, fine. And then just the idea, like, can I go this way? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you going to do? Uh, so, yeah. It's a, oh, yeah, the other one I liked is when Will Ferrell says, tell me your dream, my child. <laughs> I don't know that, that worked for me. He was surprisingly pretty good in this one. I didn't mind the opening 20 minutes, I guess, as much as you guys did. Uh, I didn't mind Kate McKinnon. I thought she was basically fine, but that's probably because my sister, all her Barbies were weird Barbies. So I was like, in, right, like before she said anything, I was like, oh, I know who that is. Uh, also, by the way, uh, that's Alex. Barbie. <laughs> Alex and that's also Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Alex's, uh, sorry, that's Barbie's uh, brother, her twin brother, Barbie. She's oh, not in oh, the Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Yeah. You know, just yeah. to make things easier, you can call me Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Alex, I, I hope you picked up on when she said, yeah, you know, confuse men by telling them that you've never seen The Godfather before. And that one can he mentions Robert Evans. I was like, wait a second, yes. what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the amount of references that... that uh, absolutely nailed 20% of the audience and nobody else. Mm-hmm. I mean... I'm nearly positive Chris has no idea who Stephen Malkmus is. That's but, true. Uh, that is true. I don't I, know who that is. I, I laughed harder at that than anything else in that fucking movie. So. I was informed by one of my friends that at their screening, at the Snyderverse joke, uh, someone shrunk in their seat. <laughs> Wait a second. So, oh know, my god, the guy sitting it. next to me did the same thing. I thought he was just no. uncomfortable. There's always just one it's like, I mean, this is some good points. I mean, it's a good thing they're not talking about me, because I just thought the movie was good. I wasn't, like, obsessed about it. I only tweeted about it, like, three times. Anyway. 
it just it, it was it was nice to watch that movie and come away from that montage going like yeah you know what they're right mansplaining does own we should do more <laughs> we get more from it than they lose yeah like exactly. it's it's a societal good that was, like, yeah, that was one of my things. yeah that was one you of my have favorite to smile things, and like, nod for f- like five to ten minutes and i'll leave you alone for six days yeah. Just let me let me do. I have to do this, please. I am a hundred percent taking off a girl's glasses and going ew and putting them back on. <laughs> no, babe, listen. No, this is this is my day. So undisputed two through four, all starring Scott Adkins. Okay, and it follows his fighter named Boyka. Babe. Okay. Well, I'll remember that. Yeah. All right. They don't want me to teach them how to wrestle. Get in the referee's position now. Okay. So. <laughs> Guess I'll just write a manifesto. You can stop this. <laughs> there is nothing this. in life that makes me feel better or happier than my wife asking me a question that I know the answer to. Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just like rubbing my hands together. You get to puff like, out your chest a little bit and be like, you look at someone else in the room. Check this out. And here, here are all these ancillary details you didn't ask for. Yeah, and but I really didn't want. The amount of times we're with a group and I've had a little bit to drink and someone asks some vague movie question, and I have to like go outside my body and go, no, slow it down. <laughs> hide, hide this, please. Well, let's don't just... go into this tangent. They don't care, I promise you. Let's demonstrate this. Hey, Parker, what are your thoughts on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie? New addition to the list. Oh, man, if I'd ever seen it, I would have so many things to say. <laughs> it, so uh... Let's talk about Paul Rubens. Now, you know, Pee-wee wasn't always just, and they're just like, that's so great. Oh. My ride's here. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to play the MMR. Check it off the list. Yep, that's <laughs> another 45 yeah. more to go. Yep. Actually, more than that, I think. <laughs> uh, that sucks for you. Yeah, it does, dude. Uh, so uh, here's a, here's one I went to the theater to see. I So the Alamo likes to do this thing called uh, Epic Sunday, which, believe it or not, is oh. usually a really good... <laughs> it's usually a really good reaction. back of movies. It, it sounds... Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> shitty, right? What like, the fuck was that? Like, it sounds rather bad, like, oh, we're going to have a Ready Player One movie party or some, like, dumb shit like that. But usually what it just means is, yeah, we're going to show good movies on the big screen. I'm like, oh, sick. So uh, for this year, uh, they decided that Epic Sunday means most of Christopher Nolan's filmography. I'm like, oh, okay. This would be as good a time as any to check Insomnia off the list. So I decided to give that one a shot. Hey, turns out this Christopher Nolan guy's pretty good at directing. I wonder if he'll ever make any other movies. Uh, Parker, I think you talked about this on the show at one point. Yeah, well, it's one of those movies that I don't ever hear get mentioned when you bring up Christopher Nolan, which, I mean, I guess when we have that many hits, it makes sense, because I wouldn't take this over half of them, but it's still really fucking good. That's the thing, is um, it's maybe his second or third worst movie, and uh, I guess, I mean, least best is probably a better way to put it. Uh, truth be told, I think the reason that this doesn't get mentioned very often is because he didn't write it. So it does... That, that's maybe the weakest part of the movie is the script, which is still a actually a pretty good script and a good story idea. Uh, Alex, have you seen this one? In high school. Oh. Like, I, 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 I am aware that I've seen it. I could tell you a fucking thing about All it. All right, I'll tell this for uh, anyone here who hasn't... Anyone who's listening who hasn't seen it, both of you. Uh... The basic idea here is Al Pacino, at the ripe old age of 107, is a Los Angeles detective, and he flies to uh, Alaska 
where to a town where the sun doesn't set for like three months straight to search down uh, a guy who killed a 17 year old girl and uh turns out the sadistic killer that he is hunting is robin williams and i gotta admit robin williams is really good at this he's actually the draw of the movie i i know i like robin williams a, a lot more than you guys do I'm also willing to admit that Robin Robin Williams has made some incredibly bad movies, but this isn't one of them. This is a very good one. I will say that as good as he is in this, you do kind of feel like he could have been even better if he had had a bit more room to breathe or room to do stuff with the dialogue, but part of it was he was working a lot with Al Pacino when he was awake uh, to you know find the best way that a scene ought to play, and that's why their scenes together are so good. Uh, I do strongly recommend this movie. It is very good, but obviously it's not as good as, say, well, Oppenheimer would be a good example. But yeah, you know, I recommend it. I had a good time at the theater. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe dumbass of the week, the guy was sitting next to it every single time. It was uh, one of those free showings, too, uh, with a victory. I don't know how that works, but uh, I'm not going to turn down a free movie. But when you get the ticket, you have to put down a $5 voucher for food. Otherwise, the theater's not going to make any money. The guy tried to use, like, uh, a gift card coupon thing on the $5 or something like that. And so he would just, like, endlessly <laughs> use it. I'm like, damn it, stop listening to Josh. He's my friend. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what else do I watch here? Uh, the Crying Game. Crying Game's kind of interesting. Crying Game is uh, its one of those uh, movies that takes place in Britain. So right off the bat, you know, I have to knock it down a star. But uh, basically, it's this uh, Irish Republican Army guy. Turns out those guys are like British terrorists. And uh, they kidnap and kill Forrest Whitaker. And uh, one of the guys feels kind of bad about it and decides he'll hook up with uh, Forrest Whitaker's uh, girlfriend. And there is a twist that some people say is uh, very... Uh, I, I don't want to give it away because it's actually a decent movie but um, it, some people always say it's a very insensitive twist I would say it's not it's played uh, kind of it's played correctly it works out fairly well speaking of another movie that got missed I've only known The Crying Game for my entire life as the movie with that twist yeah well it's really not it's not done bad it's perfectly fine uh, unless I missed a scene in which case that's you know understandable now for another movie people have been misinterpreting. Uh, you know how I mentioned that, like, for all the Blu-rays I have, I'm a physical media guy, it's like, I would never buy Joker on Blu-ray, because, like, what if a girl comes over and sees it, you know? But also, if you buy Joker on Blu-ray, a girl's not coming over to begin with. Here's one you're probably not going to want to own on Blu-ray. This is Joel Schumacher's Falling Down. Falling Down is, in my opinion, a very, very good movie. Now, Schumacher has had some hits and misses. Uh, St. Elmo's Fire was a real miss, uh, whereas The Lost Boys was a real hit. Falling Down is the story of Michael Douglas as a white-collar worker at a defense industry uh, contract sort of thing. And uh, one day, in the oppressive heat of uh, Los Angeles, he kind of snaps, and uh, he goes around... Uh, causing a whole lot of mayhem and the some people say that this movie is racist because uh he does target some minorities at the beginning but that's not really what the movie's trying to convey what the movie is trying to convey which is perhaps even more disturbing is that he has a legitimate beef i don't want to spoil anything but the movie is trying to trick you 
The movie is trying to make you feel uncomfortable by empathizing with this person who does not deserve your empathy. Uh, I, I think you should give this one an honest chance. The other part of this movie that people really need to focus on is Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall is uh, a police officer who was tasked with tracking this guy down. Robert, Robert Duvall's character is very different from the way he normally is. This character never swears, is very nice. He has this sort of soulful humanity that plays in contrast to Michael Douglas's character. I think this is more about mental health and uh, gun violence than anything else. And uh, I think it still applies today. Uh, this is a movie that may shock you, it may disturb you. I, I think it's, you know, it's actually good. So give it a chance. Uh, last one here, uh, Parker, mostly for you, because, uh, uh, Alex, this is another new addition to the list, but Parker, oh Parker, this is the kind of one you get a couple pizzas and uh, some alcohol and your friends. You watch Night of the Demons uh, 2. 2 for 3. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. No. So here's the thing. Uh, much like Alex couldn't, we couldn't pay Alex to say anything about Insomnia because he couldn't remember it. I watched, I watched like, The Demons last year, and I don't remember anything that happened in it. I just remember my only takeaway from that movie is like, oh, this is something that teenagers would beat off to in the 80s. That's, that's oh, what this yeah. is. Oh, yeah. Well, good There's news. non-stop titties, and then they turn into demons, yeah. and you're like, that sucked. No, yeah. it's, it's not 1984. I can Night of the Demons 2 continues that proud tradition of a movie that sucks, has a lot of titties, and is actually worth watching because it feels like the most stereotypical horror movie. And uh, there is some value in that. The, the practical effects are uh, kind of impressive for a movie that has no one in it. Not a living soul. Uh, the story, who gives a shit? There's this kick-ass nun who's like, she literally is using a, a ruler like, uh, like, what's it called? NEP or whatever? Don't call it NEP. So uh, she, uh, she, she kicks the shit out of people with that ruler, including undead Kandarian demons. So uh, this one actually does get a recommendation out of me. Uh, I do anything else? I, I guess the only other thing to talk about, it's not really a movie, but I've just been kind of curious about this. I've been revisiting the old Resident Evil games just as like a time waster, like something to do while I wait for like slicers to populate. And I played Resident Evil Code Veronica. You know, the one that like everyone forgot about because it was on the Dreamcast and like no one really cared. There's this character named Alfred Ashford and you remember how bad like the voice acting was in the first game it is so much worse in code veronica which i didn't think was possible because like two and three are kind of decent this guy is the prissiest character who has ever lived and uh there's a twist i'm gonna reveal it because the game's not that good he uh he's pretending to be a sister he's cross-dressing as her also he wants to fuck his own sister it's kind of weird uh there is a line in the game where it goes, someone calls him a cross-dressing freak, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> clearly Japanese, clearly not made today, but also I'm kind of on their side, but uh, it is worth, just go on to like YouTube and like look up Alfred Ashford Code Veronica, and just, there should be like a 14 minute clip of just all his scenes on there, it is totally worth watching, he is so funny to listen to, and I kind of recommend the game just to hear his voice. Anyway, uh, Alex, what'd you watch? Well, I was going to watch Talk to Me because I've been hearing that I really need to see it, mm -hmm. but I was too lazy to walk across the street to the theater last night. So uh, the only thing that I have to talk about is a little movie called Now You See Me Too. <laughs> now, this is going to be in our immediate future. Or is it? Uh, so <laughs> I am just going to tell you <laughs> how this movie starts. 
and I will leave off at a certain point and, uh, you know, just a, just a little bit to tantalize you guys. All right. <laughs> this is called so, The Pledge. So, here's what you need to know. Uh, the horsemen have been in hiding ever since the events of Now You See Me 1. <laughs> Except for Mark Ruffalo, who is just still in the FBI for some reason. I forgot they were called the horsemen. <laughs> they are, of course, called the horsemen. Um, now, while they were making this movie... Isla Fisher was pregnant, so they recast her with Lizzie Kaplan, who might be the most annoying person that's ever lived in this movie. Uh, I, I'm not really sure, but uh, god damn, when her character shows up and is doing cool magic tricks at Jesse Eisenberg and talking how, about how much she wants to fuck Dave Franco and how that's why she wants to join the Horsemen, uh, you, you can you can miss me with all that. It, it's a uh, it's rough sailing while we get caught up in Plotland uh, for the sequel to this movie that absolutely does not have a sequel. Hey, you guys remember The Eye of Horus? <laughs> oh, could no. I forget? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, The Eye of Horus also factors prominently into this one. You see, they've been getting their instructions from Mark Ruffalo, who is getting his instructions from The Eye, and The Eye tells him that they need to go to this tech conference, and they need to hypnotize this tech bro, and then they're going to expose all his crimes. But guess what? It's a setup. They go, and they're doing their magic show, and then an AI voice comes on and starts telling them everyone their secrets, and telling them that Mark Ruffalo was actually one of the horsemen and all this. So they run away, you know, they're, they're trying to get out of this place. They jump down a laundry chute, and they end up in China. Okay, hold on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or do they? How do, how, how do we know they end up in China? More specifically, Macau. But, uh, um, well, so they come out, they're in the kitchen of a Chinese restaurant, and they look around, and all the workers are like, what the fuck are you doing here? But, you know, in Chinese. So they, like, shoo them to the front of the room. At which point, Woody Harrelson, playing his character from the first movie, responds to somebody else talking about everybody eating Chinese food by saying, and I quote, Hey, uh, guys, I think over here they don't call it Chinese food. I think they just call it food. <laughs> At which point, it is revealed to us the mastermind of this plot which got them all to this restaurant in China, who is also played by Woody Harrelson. If Woody Harrelson were cast as, like, the host of Wheel of Fortune in, like, 1974, he just has big hair and the whitest, fakest teeth you've ever seen in your life. And, uh... He's crazy. So, uh, just know that that's in store for you for the entire rest of this movie. Um, they find out that he is working for the big bad of this movie, who is, of course, Daniel Radcliffe. Ugh. Uh, look. What? <laughs> look, I gotta say, unbelievably good bit to have your movie about magic and then make Harry Potter's bad guy. <laughs> like... I have to assume that they did that intentionally, and it worked really, really well on me. Uh, he tells them that he needs them to do a job for him, and that job involves breaking into a secret government lab and stealing a microchip. Blah, 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 whatever. They're all, like, all the horsemen are, you know, in the room together with him, and he's like, well, you know, you can do this, and I'll give you riches or whatever, or you can say no, and I'm going to have to kill you. And three of them, one by one, dramatically stand up and be like, we're not working for you, you're going to have to kill us. And then Jesse Eisenberg, still seated, goes, yeah, we'll do it. And everybody turns around and goes, what? He's like, what? The, uh, 
the oldest magical supplies shop in the world is here, and I want to go. <laughs> magical supply shop? Yes. Um, you know what? Yeah, let's just stop right here, because there's more, <laughs> more magic that ensues. Lots more magic. Um, there is an extended fucking sequence uh, in which... They, they they steal the microchip and they of course put it inside a playing card because why wouldn't they? And they're getting searched by guards at this lab and so they have to just slide of a hand the playing yeah. card in between each other for almost five minutes straight. <laughs> I saw a clip of this on Twitter and I was like oh my god. The musical cues in this movie are unbelievably good and unbelievably funny. You will have a great time. Run, don't walk to see this dumb fucking movie. I hope they make 30 of these. It's so good. You know, I went from being like, who's that for? So I was talking to Nancy being like, so we're seeing the third one in theaters when it comes out, right? Like, we're all going opening weekend. Boy, like, so I knew that this was directed by the guy that did Crazy Rich Asians, but I didn't know that I was going to feel it in this movie. And, uh, well, I hope this movie made a gorillion dollars in China, because they certainly tried to make it so it would. <laughs> That's genius. Like, wow, we had a surprise hit in America. What do we do with the next one? Buddy, we're getting those Chinese dollars. <laughs> what a film. Uh, and, oh, by the way, our old friends Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine are also prominently involved in this one, because why wouldn't they be? Hell, yeah. Michael Caine, alright. Yeah, you know, the guy, they stole all his money in the first one, yeah. and then he was never to be seen again? Well, he's back, and so is Morgan Freeman, who is in federal prison for doing magic. <laughs> <laughs> the good sense. The only way they could break him out is to have him join the eye. <laughs> <laughs> I almost want to tell you guys more about this movie, but there's some things that are just, like, literally too stupid to be explained. It's the horsemen are too strong. We need to go to prison and form a suicide squad of magicians <laughs> to take them down. Look, I... I, I <laughs> there may or may not be a scene where all five of the horsemen, one by one, get thrown out of a plane. <laughs> sure. Owns. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> Tune in at a mystery future time. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> I'm so excited. <sighs> what you got for us, buddy? Uh, well, the thing I've enjoyed most this week um, is the video of the cop coming out of that slide. Correct. <laughs> so he's going back up into it. Dude, the reverse is the best. <laughs> I watched that on loop for a solid five minutes. <laughs> I really appreciate it. There's a guy that tweeted the like uh, what basically looks like the original video. It says "Wait for it," and it's just 45 seconds of a still frame of the slide. It's really good. It's called misdirection. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about slides today. Trust me. <laughs> Take a laundry chute to China. <laughs> That's where that cop was going. That's why he came so fast. <laughs> at one point during the movie, I looked over at her and I said, you know, they probably did that trick by digging a hole all the way to China, right? 
the other they the had a guy wrench. they had a guy go down the slide with his phone recording it's just like a normal slide <laughs> how did he attain that speed it's like a rocket power sketch uh, wait, you're gonna have to wait for Morgan Freeman's special on that trick. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, well. Um, one of the movies Sorry, I, continue. One of the movies I watched this week, um, my lack of general knowledge and especially historical knowledge uh, really came back to bite me. Because I'm flipping through Hulu, I see, I see a movie called Burial, and the description is that uh, at the end of World War II, a band of Russian soldiers are taking quote-unquote cargo back home but they keep getting attacked by german werewolves now i didn't know that that was a term used in the war i thought i was gonna get actual werewolves so jokes on me (laughs) that's not what this fucking was (laughs) i mean it's a decent movie because they just keep getting ambushed while they're trying to take hitler's corpse back to stalin but it's also got a lot of boring parts it's like even after i got over the fact that uh I didn't know what that was, and I wasn't going to get actual monsters. It was still like a two and a half, three stars. It's it's pretty slow. Yeah. Some good scenes, but uh, just wanted to let everyone know that I'm a fucking idiot who doesn't know anything <laughs> about history. I think it's an easy mistake to make. Thank you. Thank you for lying to me. <laughs> uh, we, uh, My uh, girlfriend and I had a beautiful moment of bonding. Uh, she put on the Gremlins cartoon, which is a thing that exists on HBO Correct. Max. I or did Max. not know that was a thing. It's new. Oh. It's it's pretty entertaining. It's fine. But it's playing, and uh, I'm looking at my phone. I'm not paying full attention. And something happens. I couldn't even tell you what happened, but she starts laughing. And then she looks over at me and sees that I'm not laughing. And she, there's, a like, a two-second pause, and she just goes, Do you think I'm retarded? <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta say, it really brought us closer together. <laughs> We're having a crisis of faith. Like, do you think I'm a fucking idiot for laughing at this thing for children? Because you're just staring. Yes. So that was nice. Now, uh, let me tell you why I'm my own jerk of the week. Uh-oh. And that's what I really want to talk about here. Is, uh, one of my assignments, was, it was a very broad category. Just say, movie starring SNL cast member. You could go anywhere with that. <laughs> yeah, you could. There are so many good movies you could watch. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, you could follow the theme that we've been following recently of empowering women. And we can go bust some ghosts together. Because I've made it all of these years. <laughs> All of these years without seeing this wonderful film. Um, So let me just throw this in the beginning. I've seen Ghostbusters 1 start to finish like maybe twice. It's really good. But I'm not 40, so I don't care. And Ghostbusters 2 was on Comedy Central all the time. And I would always just turn it off after 10 minutes because it fucking sucks. Ghostbusters 2 sucks. Movies ass cheeks. So, um... For my entire life, like, alright, there's a there's a really good movie called Ghostbusters that I've seen a couple times. That's my attachment to it. Didn't watch any of those cartoons. I don't... My biggest attachment to Ghostbusters was drinking Ecto Cooler as a kid. So I, <laughs> I have no stakes in this whatsoever. Yeah. Um, the extended edition is two hours long. What is there to extend? Bits and riffs, <laughs> buddy. We are just... Now, I'm sure... You haven't thought of this movie since you watched it in theaters. With a girl. I got laid because of that. Gross. Yeah, it's even worse. Um, God, I just... Who's in the mood after watching that? I, it wasn't easy. I don't think I'll ever fuck again, or also before. <laughs> what I cannot get over is that, like, 
everyone involved in this has like comedic talent like i'm not gonna be that guy that just goes right. on a fucking 45 minute rant about these broads ruining yeah. this thing i didn't care about but my god the riffs can we get an editor to be like okay well this the momentum ran out of this like three riffs ago so let's go to the next scene see that's the thing instead is, i think a lot of this is oh, paul feig who was, who was just like yeah go improvise ad lib say anything that comes to mind you know, when I think of a clever movie, I just think of two people standing up and yes ending each other until they go, ah, the next thing we watched, like, that's not what you do in a movie, that's supposed to start a franchise. <laughs> like, if I had a dollar for every time, I would just, like, try and tag a joke on here, be met with silence and think, boy, I hope he cuts that out. I would be very, very rich and happy, but instead, they just stand there, and every single scene ends like a fucking Reddit conversation where someone makes a joke, it gets a lot of votes, and then someone just tags the joke, replies to it, and then responds with the same punchline, but slightly reworded. That's most scenes in this movie. They're just like, oh, you said that, well, what about this, but with, like, two things change. Yeah, but what about that with this person changed? Jump cut to next scene. Great, love it. Did, I, did you like how Bill Murray immediately had to sit down no. as soon as he came into the movie? <laughs> I love that he had two scenes. One of which he was on TV, and then his second scene, where he has a cane, hobbles across the room, and before they can finish talking, just sits down while they're in the mid-sentence, to the point where them's like, yeah, go ahead, take a seat, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Could not want to be there less. Yeah. Who was the your favorite that... of all the four leading ladies? These fierce, fantastic, powerful, independent women who are strong, and we support. You them. see, it's it's hard to say because like they all have characters, right? Yeah. Until it gets to the all right, start riffing, yeah. and then they just it's like okay, now you're just Kristen Wiig talking like Kristen Wiig does. You <laughs> know that's not the a weirdest part because I think you're she's just... like the most talented out of any of them, and yeah. she's one of the worst parts. She's unbearable. Uh, just want to double back to you saying you didn't mind Kate McKinnon. Hey, you want to watch this again? No, alright, look. I, <laughs> That's what I thought. I, here's the thing. I, I meant specifically <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> you know, here's the weird thing. Like, we I, all heard it. Here's the thing about Kate McKinnon. I think Kate McKinnon is uh, when I say this, when I say that I think that Kate McKinnon is a talented funny person, it's the same way that I say I believe in God. I'm taking it on faith because I have no proof. I feel like if she's, <laughs> I feel like if she's on SNL, she, she got there for a reason. I don't think she paid her way onto SNL. I think that she could do funny work. I just don't think that we've ever seen anyone give her like a decent script to work with. <laughs> Much like Sasquatch, we're waiting on. <laughs> Maybe we should just take all of the ideas that have never been executed properly and put them into the same movie. Like, what could go wrong? <laughs> So my biggest gripe with this, again, as someone who does not care about the original, I have no attachment to this property whatsoever, is the fact that, like, it it's not a reboot. It, it is just a remake. It's just the same story beats. But instead of, like, all right, we have to hit this point, this point, this point, this point, and this point. And then the road to get all those points is just four people standing around just riffing. Just like, hey... Hell, it's time for Chris Hemsworth's job interview. Let's just talk for like an hour and then chop it down to like seven punchlines that aren't funny. So we have to get the cat and back then, right, in the Now bag. we have to go. 
Okay, that's good. <laughs> good, we got it. So now we have this character. Good, we have the character you remember, but it's different this time. Alright, so here's how the proton packs work, and I'm just like, I could not fucking care less. Dude, just in the behind the scenes, like, I, okay, at this point I know I'm just like referencing like the red letter media stuff, but they did like some of the behind the scenes stuff, like, yeah, we worked with actual scientists to develop the science of the ghost hunting techniques. Cool. Like, that's a fucking thing. Like, there's a real science behind Was it Zach Baggins? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> if not, you didn't get the right scientist. <laughs> We want to make sure this is all accurate. Hey, what if you wrote a joke instead? That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, speaking of red letter media, like, I don't want to pair their points, but I did just hear that nonstop. Stop talking. Because <laughs> they don't ever, I mean, they really... There's never a moment yeah. of silence in that movie. Yeah. It's two hours of like, oh, what's that? She has to walk across the oh, room because yeah. someone's at the door. Better talk about your fucking wonton soup again. <laughs> Woo! Literally, that Three was one of the times. things in there. It was just like, oh, I have to stand up and walk to a door and answer the door. Throw some jokes in there. Just say anything that comes to mind. My feet hurt. I have bunions on my feet. <laughs> Honey, look. Last time she only had one wonton. Now she has too many. Women are funny. I love you. Do you want to come home to my place? <laughs> no, it's okay. Dad won't hear us. He's too busy watching Buffy. We'll go upstairs real quick. <laughs> it's Unfortunately, just... my room was downstairs. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> just constant yes ending. So all these scenes drag out to two hours. Every scene drags out past the point. It's like, all right, that'd be a good place to cut it. And then they just yes and, and then they yes and, and then they cut to the next scene. It's like, all right, so now they go do this bit. Do you remember how they go trap the ghost in the hotel? All right, we'll do that. All right. Hey, remember how, like, they become famous? All right, we'll do that. We'll go do this. Oh, cool. Slimer's here. We all have Slimer, right? All right, how's it going to end? Oh, they're going to choose the form of their destructor? Great. Oh, there's a oh, giant ghost? No. Great. Oh, there's a portal? Great. <laughs> Love all this. Oh, Good. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even be... Oh, Matt's not the right words. Again, I don't care. Like, yeah, reboot it. Do your fucking Force Awakens thing where it's the same. I don't care. But the fact that it's literally just... A remake of solely the first movie with all of the same beats. It really makes you ask, like, hey, what are we doing here? What? What is the point of this? Why am I here? <laughs> oh, and if you're wondering uh, what you miss in theatrical cut, uh, the answer is a lot more dancing. You know, oh, what are I yeah kind of expected that. I don't know why. Um, dude, that movie really stinks. Uh, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, Dan Aykroyd saying, I ain't afraid of no ghost and driving off almost made me shut my laptop <laughs> off. <laughs> that, was a real, that was a moment like it was right before the third act started, which, uh, hey, you know what my favorite part of Ghostbusters is? Is a big, dumb CGI action scene. Like at that point, I could have turned it off, read the last paragraph of Wikipedia, been like, uh, they crossed the streams and then they beat the giant ghost. And I could have saved myself a half hour, but I didn't. And boy, am I glad I didn't. Because if you sit through all two plus hours and all the credits, it ends with for Harold Ramis. And let me tell you, <laughs> I about fell over laughing. <laughs> the funniest thing I saw all goddamn night. See, my dog is named Mike Hat. Oh, that's good. Oh, it's good. Snappy. Go. But wait, hang on. But he actually does have a cat and stays with his mom. Isn't that fun? Here's Aren't a logo. Just sat here a logo for the Ghostbusters. It's the Subway logo. What? You can't eat fresh. No ghost in there. That's so fun, man! I'm craving some Papa John's right now. 
Because <laughs> it's fucking Papa John's. Oh man, how's the movie gonna end? Okay, it's in New York. So where's oh Times Square? So there could be ads all over the place for forty five minutes. Cool. I, I like how everyone's willing to go with like the the Sony Handycam. You know those things that no one owns because every I... single phone existence has a camera. That always makes me think of Amazing Spider-Man 2, where all these high schoolers are texting on their Sony phones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself, buddy. Nice try. Now, Parker, I got a question for you. Is there a character in this movie named Podcast? You know, I ha- we have not crossed that bridge. <laughs> I know, yet. that's not. Because I... I've always considered, like, none of us care about Ghostbusters. Does that make a good episode? And then I remember being at my old job and seeing a toy of the ghost Harold Ramis and being like, I think I'm going to have to watch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I don't know. I think I, I... I know I love the first movie. I think the first Ghostbusters is basically perfect. But everything else Ghostbusters kind of blows, you know? I don't even remember like, the cartoon. And not to be that guy of, like, you don't even know what the movie's about, but, like... This movie is just all about the science and then building up to a big, ugly CGI action spectacle. It's like, what? What is this? The, I guess they're just good at everything. Like, okay, uh, we spent two hours. Well, we see the bus one goddamn ghost, and then they fight a ghost army, and it looks like <laughs> shit, and it sucks. Like, what am I doing here? We're gonna fucking Photoshop your face in the background of that hospital. <laughs> 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 you wouldn't have needed Photoshop if you'd caught me in the middle of this, dude. That dance scene goes on long time. Uh, who's your favorite cameo? Trick question. It's obvious. Yeah, it's obvious. No, he's on camera. <laughs> he has no idea where he, he is. Has no idea what is going on. He doesn't know if he's asleep or awake. <laughs> if you ask him about Ghostbusters, he'll just pass out. He has no idea he was there. <laughs> Oh, I remember doing that song. <laughs> it will never stop being funny that this is like patient zero for everyone online being fucking insane about movies for the last eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. And it's just a giant commercial for fucking Twinkies <laughs> and Papa John's. This was the hill everyone had to die on for like eight straight months. Yeah. This piece of dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Remember the, the mayor from Jaws? Say that five more times. That's a good bit. <laughs> Are you loving this? Do you guys like this? Yeah, have you guys seen a Patrick Swayze movie before? Oh my god! That what about that one? Yeah. What if What if she just listed off like four or five of them? Remember, they're just you got a there car. Ad living. <laughs> Remember, what if they're just like standing there riffing? So they just riff back and forth about different Patrick Swayze movies. And then what if the scene just ends there, and then they just go back to the hideout to be like, "Hey, I I made another ghost hunt." There's two different seasons of testing ghost hunting equipment. I don't fucking care. I assume it works. If it doesn't work, don't show me. I don't care about the science of a fucking proton pack. <laughs> give a shit. It's the same thing with Star Wars. They try and give all this shit to like how important the lightsabers are. Like, no, nah, it's just a cool weapon that would sell a lot of toys. I don't need lore behind this. Uh, they invented it. Cool. Next scene. Let's get this down to about 85 minutes, please. I do like that Jay's favorite line of the whole movie is, Why are they standing like that? <laughs> <laughs> the one time I actually laughed is when it's early on and they're trying to make flyers and she just prints out a bunch of flyers that say see something say something that was a pretty good bit that got me you know, that came about 20 minutes in so it was rough going yeah by the way uh, Alex I know you're already not going to see this because you have self control but uh, 
just because that's he, what does it. Just because he and I have named funny scenes from this movie doesn't mean that you'd be able to endure the first Plural. fucking ten minutes of this movie with. Uh, it, it, I stopped watching The Office by the time this guy came on. His name was uh, Gabe from The Office. Yeah, this Linky, this dude. scene. Sucks. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, I I, I didn't. You'd recognize his face, but like it's not guy. worth. Apparently, this guy is like an incredible improviser. Could not tell in this movie. That's good. Improvising is good for hundred million dollar movies. Also, like improvising is fine if if you like actually edit it down to the funny part. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like a, a lot of it comes down to editing. Like here's one of the more famous examples. The original Ghostbusters had a scene where they're walking through the library and completely by accident one of the bookcases falls down like right behind them it was just because someone set up the bookcase uh, poorly but they kind of look at it like well that wasn't supposed to happen and bill murray ad libs does this sort of thing happen often to you and the reason it's funny is because they cut it right after that scene before anyone can like try to yes and them on that sort of thing because you know that's exactly what they would have done in this thing because it, I, I've talked about this with like other movies before, but you need a little bit of silence every once in a while. You need like a line to breathe a little bit, and they just nope, wanted to fill this with constant noise. Oh yeah, also like the color correction and the whole thing looks like barf. What the hell is that all about? For, listening to this movie is like uh, TikTok kids who can't watch anything without fucking <laughs> subway surfers in the corner. <laughs> it's it's honestly insane how it's like. All right, someone's got to walk over here. Cool, let's ADR some riffs into it. Like no, they can just walk. Yeah. Or also. Just cut to them at the door, because why is... Hey, who doesn't love a two-hour comedy? Those are always good. That almost never is a problem. Yeah. It's, we didn't get tired of that with every single comedy that came out in the 2000s, right? This, you know, that's a this. good comparison. This really does feel like a TikTok of AOC, but on like the bottom half of the screen, <laughs> you're seeing Jungle Run. <laughs> it's, it's good. I love when my comedy has a fourth act. <laughs> love oh, it. Oh, yeah, by it's the like, way, fun. can I tell you why there's a third act at all? So they catch a ghost, and that's like a really big deal. And then they let the ghost so. go because. The of... one ghost they catch in this two hour Ghostbusters. Because Bill Murray's like, I don't believe you. And they're like, ah, we'll prove it. Ghost ahoy. Bill Murray's like, hang on. <sighs> Take a load off here. Yeah, I don't think ghosts are real. And they're like, you're like, ha, but we know he's a Ghostbuster from the first one. This is fun. And babe, you're so strong and smart. I love you. <laughs> Do you want My name's Bill Murray. I have to sit down. <laughs> they're all, man, most of them are sitting down. Yeah, it's honestly good, good for them. Yeah, well, it's good for them. Modern everyone is Bill Murray's fault. You never got a Ghostbusters 3. Yeah. Literally only his fault. Did you like Dan Aykroyd finding new and creative ways to give him no. the finger? <laughs> <laughs> not now, not ever. See, that's one where I'll I edit it say, down where it's just funny. Where it's just him saying no. <laughs> I will say a uh, shout out to Dan Aykroyd for helping me out here because uh, I was going to watch Blues Brothers 2000. No. This big, and I, was like, I was like, oh wait, no, Jim Belushi's dead. I don't have to watch it. Doesn't count. John Gibbon wasn't a cast member. Get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> And I played myself. <laughs> Good movie. As long as you learn something. Yeah. Love when every single joke just goes on 30 seconds too long. And then we all just look at each other and have a light chuckle. And we go see a CGI ghost. And we just rinse and repeat until, you know, until it's my bedtime, basically. That's how it's been my <laughs> night. It's good. Don't let this sour you on the original Ghostbusters. If you go back and watch it, you'll be like, well, it is really good. Um, Unfortunately, it did sour me on women. Yeah, I actually have to change my tune. <laughs> we no longer respect them. Y'all had one shot. Yeah, you were given free reign. 
Stretcher just let you go, and this is what we get. No. Nope. See, right there. You cut that bit <laughs> yeah, out of the exactly. movie. There was no energy behind it. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's talk about the hearse for eight more goddamn God, minutes. It's fucking, fine. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're going to move past it. But we have to see how they get their famous car. You love <laughs> the Ghostbusters car. Where did they get it? Who got it for them? Who redecorated We love this. You love knowing the origin of everything you love, but also it's not the thing you love because different people have it. It's fun. Parker, you love it's, it. it's important to understand that like, you're not the audience for this, right? This is much like Barbie is intended for women. That's why they have a queef joke in this. This is my fight song. <laughs> Take back my life song. Ghostbusters 3 and they were talking about farting, I'd be like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just because it's that. I don't want to hear Dan Aykroyd talking about ripping ass. Like, <laughs> I'd be upset either way. <laughs> but also, I wouldn't watch Ghostbusters 3 because I didn't watch Ghostbusters 2 because I wasn't born in 1980 and I didn't attach my whole personality to it. Yeah. Freaks. You get what you deserve. Hope you enjoy Afterlife 2 next year, you fucking losers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I did enjoy. I was staring at Colin Farrell for an hour 45. Ugh. That's oh, it's a good way to bring movies back. Yes, you know? yes, it is. I really feel like this is for like we always talk about how for a couple years they would try to make like a star a thing, and then you look back, you're like, "Well, I can't believe Taylor Kitsch didn't blow up. You guys almost had it there." But then you watch <laughs> this and you're like, oh, "We did Colin wrong. We need to give him 18 more tries, please. I need more of this beautiful man." This is the kind of destructive logic that leads you to rewatching Miami Vice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, maybe, maybe I was too harsh on it. You know, yeah. I'll get another shot. Maybe. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll tell you exactly how it goes. Is I'll be like, no, nah, I think I was too hard on it, and then numb encore plays. I was like, yeah, I was definitely too hard on yeah. it. Yeah, and then Correct. two hours later, I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> okay, so before we talk about Friday Night, we should probably talk about Friday Night. So I like the original. Uh, I don't know that I love it, but uh, there's something about it that's like kind of. Uh, it feels like a real classic, you know, in the genre. It's not as good as, like, The Lost Boys or anything, but pretty surprising, especially considering, like, uh, the director, Tom Holland, who, uh, what else did that guy do? Not much. Oh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did uh, the fucking, um, the, not the Tommy Knockers, he did... Uh, You've seen a lot the, of He did the done. Langoliers, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say you enjoyed it, I yeah, said I you saw it. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he also... Uh, well, he, you know, he's he got the basic storyline, and so the original's got like a good setup and everything. It gave us Evil Ed. Thanks for that. Uh, you know what? I don't think I've seen. I don't think I saw the sequel. I don't think I saw Fright Night Two. Is that like a Ghostbusters Two situation where you're just like, yeah, I don't watch that? Um. Well, uh, distribution was fucked up because the uh, owner of the company uh, was the father of the Menendez brothers, so that got a that got a little spicy. Yeah, that uh, up, that will complicate things. <laughs> Anyway, um, <clears throat> I have to admit that like uh, when I first uh, saw this was added to the list, the the remake that is, I was like, oh, it's probably not a good sign. But then I realized that like, hey, there's like three or four good movies on the list. Maybe this will be one of them. And it turns out it is. I really like this movie. It is so much better than it has any right to be. Just an absolutely perfect cast in so oh, yeah. many ways. Can we talk about how fucking hot everyone is in this movie? With, like, one or two exceptions? Like, everyone looks good in this. It's absurd. Like, one of the fucking bullies over there is, like, one of the most attractive people I've ever seen. What was his name? Is that, like, a famous actor that I didn't recognize? 
<laughs> this guy trying to fuck McLovin. Not him, <laughs> the other guy. <laughs> I was like, oh, we just need a random high school goon. I was Dave Franco. He's like, damn, this shit is Wait, stacked. that was Dave Franco, too? <laughs> he was a big week for Dave this, Franco. Yeah. Show, yeah. That's where he was honing his sleight-of-hand skills. <laughs> he was slipping his number into girls' back pockets. Man, next week I'm definitely watching 21 and saying I got confused to figure out which one was right. <laughs> All right, so you know who else was really good in this? I really like Toni Collette. I think I just like her in almost everything. Uh, she she really does, I, I say this every single time I see her, but she really does feel like such a teenager stuck in an older woman's body. Like every single like facial expression, line, de- line delivery, just feels like a 15-year-old is doing it. And uh, she does feel like the cool mom. Uh, Charlie's girlfriend is impossibly hot. What the fuck is that all about? <laughs> it it makes total sense that he refuses to acknowledge his best friend now that he's got yeah. her. Like, yeah. yeah, I would throw yeah. ever. I would leave all of you behind in a heartbeat. <laughs> a pod? What? I don't even know what that yeah. is. Is that the thing losers listen to instead of working out? I don't know, babe. By the way, if I can make something clear, this is such a fucking slap in the face to like. Who are the actresses? Uh, Marcy from uh, the Married with Children. <laughs> yeah. It was real rough. I mean, looking at it side by side, you're like, shit. <laughs> they were trying to make a statement with this. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, the original Evil Ed was, uh, he was obviously like a nerd. You're just like, oh, I can see why they don't really like inviting him over to their house. Annoying person <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> Meanwhile, in, in this fucking movie, Christopher Mintz Plass is such a nerd that he has to threaten his friend to get him to hang out with him. <laughs> Blackmailing your best friend to ruin his life so he'll just, like, talk to you for five minutes is a good bit. Unlike Evil Ed, Evil Ed, where the whole time I'm watching the original, I'm like, is this, is this how people see me? Do I need to, do I need to change something? <laughs> Am I this guy? Uh, oh, what a relief that I've never seen the original. See, the you know, actually, Alex, I think that you would enjoy the original. I don't think you would like it as much I as I am nearly one. positive I would. Yeah. There's just a lot of movies I, out there. You know, I do think that the remake is better. I think uh, if people actually watch the remake, they'd probably agree with that. Uh, I, You know, I, I'm kind of thinking, though, about the original character of Charlie. He is a horror obsessive. Not like we have anyone on that show. But uh, in this one, I like the idea that he used to be a horror obsessive, and now he's like, he's a bit cooler. He's got a really hot girlfriend. He's friends with Dave Franco. Uh, it's it's <laughs> awesome that he's you, but Benjamin Button. That's <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Oh God. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> sorry to put in those terms. Sorry to ruin your weekend. <laughs> you know, I wasn't doing great to begin with, and that brought me down much further and than I was the club, prepared dickhead. to go. Oh man! All right, so I had it all, but now I have the list. <laughs> uh, it shows fucking my name is Earl Ass. You fucking nerd. It, all right, so him no longer being obsessed with horror. I'm looking at my notes here. It shows growth from the original and makes the character more interesting. And uh, life isn't worth living, and I'm going to kill myself. Oh, sorry. So, uh, Colin Every Farrell. day I'm just checking things <laughs> off, but am I really living, question mark? Yeah. So, <laughs> Colin Farrell or David Tennant? Oh, dude. Colin Farrell, I'm inviting him in. He doesn't have to ask. Yeah. He just walks near my door. I'm just screaming, please come inside. <laughs> You're saying, get in here! <laughs> come on! And he's... 
Anytime they reference that rule, I just think of the what we do in the shadows movie where they can't get into any nightclubs because the bouncers won't invite them in. That's <laughs> one of my favorite bits. You know, that was the one thing the downside about this is I was really hoping that uh, that David Tennant's character would talk like one of the characters from What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> might as well. Yeah. <laughs> that might be like the best case of like, okay, how do we modernize this movie? Because TV horror hosts don't exist. All right, so what's the next logical leap? Uh, Chris Angel. Yeah. But he also <laughs> thinks vampires are real. Yes. Perfect. I also I also like that uh, there are two uh, guys who won't fuck their hot girlfriends. I don't know what kind of message this movie is trying to send. <laughs> it's, I mean, I ver- the only time I see myself in Anton Yelchin is when she's like, hey, are we going to lay down? He's like, hang on. As he's too busy staring out the window because he thinks his neighbor's a vampire. I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I, I get you. <laughs> hey, Bosh. I can't use reflection. I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> By the way. Hey, did you know this kid in our class wasn't here today? Yes. It's <laughs> <since> high school. <laughs> Oh, by the way, did, did you like the dramatic uh, beer handoff between them? And also, did you imagine that it was Voodoo Ranger? Yes, and I <laughs> imagine them just like <laughs> touching pinkies as they handed the yeah. six year old. Call him for like, mm. <laughs> All right, good to drive I am. I'm American. All right, cool. By the way, that whole conversation is just like someone would need to be managed. Your girlfriend is ripe. You ever listen to Andrew Tate? (laughs) Hey, man, thanks for the beer. You know your mom's trying to get plowed, right? Hey, I'll see you later, sport. Her field is fertile, son. He gets so sinister with this kid. Like, yeah, she's ripe. And your mother, she's putting it out there. You might not notice it, but she's, she's trying to fucking get it. Yeah. Hey, man, thanks for this favor. I really owe you one. (laughs) Thank you for giving me beer. (laughs) I mean, I don't... That's the only time I relate with Anton Yelchin. What I do relate with is uh, them getting in a fight with McLovin and McLovin uh, crying and skateboarding home. (laughs) (laughs) I really felt that in my bones. You're not my best friend anymore. And just getting the sniffles as you banana board down a cul-de-sac sidewalk. (laughs) Yeah. Who amongst us? Uh, I I do like the idea of uh, my friends betray me. I fed up with this world, and you get back at it by releasing old YouTube videos of him. Because <laughs> in the original, like he's cooking, fr- <laughs> he's cooking. <laughs> they're friends like the whole movie, but it w- makes way more sense. Like, well, uh, my one friend just told me he's glad he doesn't hang out with me anymore. Fuck y'all, become a vampire. <laughs> I'm out of here. He gets the shit be out of him every day. Those one person in his life that liked him. I would also just be like, yeah, fuck it. Turn me 20 minutes in. Yeah. In a sense, I'm kind of glad that, like, ETI shut down because, like, if we ever stop being friends and one of you leaks my posts. Oh, man. Oh, that is. It's a real Mexican standoff over here. Lost so much sleep. The sheer volume of dodged bullets in that scenario. Let me tell you. Yeah. Is that where you're like, all right, finally I can start applying to these jobs now that that's gone? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we did a background check and you just dive out the window. Yeah. (laughs) There's now a... I see a screen name here sweating immediately before they even <laughs> say it. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was my fr- fucking mortal enemy. Did you play a lot uh... of Xbox in the day? <laughs> uh, not familiar. So uh, 3D Ultra Mini Golf. Is that similar to 3D Mini Golf? Um, they're, they're well, Actually, no. You see. Uh... There's items. In this. <laughs> you don't want to just... 
fucking it's the Oppenheimer scene where he just sees the nuclear flash and they're just like did this game tag mean anything to you in sliding a piece of paper he's just fucking dying Ugh. I'm not gonna say it. So worry. after after <laughs> Anton Yeltsin doesn't fuck his girlfriend because uh, his neighbor might be Dracula, uh, <laughs> been there. He goes over to the house. He's gonna like break in, and he actually like looks up on his phone how to pick a lock, which I that's realistic. Like people would do that, but if they made it today, he would go on a YouTube and have like an Indian guy explaining how to pick a lock. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say baby girls next door come up to break in Super Look, They have taught me so much. <laughs> <laughs> they are our heroes. So so I uh, uh, big fan of Colin Farrell being an immortal vampire who literally just murdered someone and then stayed down on the couch and be like, ah, I guess I'm going to catch up on Real Housewives <laughs> in New Jersey. Like, I guess that, that smile that he gives is so fucking good. He's so happy. He's like, man, All right. humans these days. I, uh, By the way, I fucking love the bit where they explode the stripper in the sunlight. Dude, I don't know how I forgot about that. That was so yeah. fucking good. <laughs> Ten-minute escape sequence. That's, like, super tense, nerve-wracking. Oh, fucking, like, almost turns into a Tom and Jerry bit. Yeah. Finally gets her out of the house. She explodes in broad daylight. It just cuts back to him on the couch. She's like... <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> He's so proud of himself. You know, that's the thing that, uh, you know, a comparison between this and the original. The original, this isn't so much a criticism, although it's going to sound like one. The original kind of pussyfoots around is to be like, oh, is his neighbor a vampire? And you're watching it kind of think to yourself, fucking better be. It's called Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I spent my one rental on this yeah, this exactly. weekend. I'll be goddamned if he's not a vampire. Meanwhile, <laughs> this one hits the ground running. This one is just like, yes, his neighbor is a vampire. We established that, like, immediately. That's the cold open, like, before the title, you know? I'll tell you right now, if I watched a movie about Nazi werewolves that didn't have werewolves and a movie called Friday Night Without a Vampire, I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> I'd be like, guys... I don't think this medium is worth it for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the, that would be your falling down arc. You would go insane and start actually thinking that your neighbor is a mummy. Buddy, oh, it's <laughs> it's August right now. We're we're not too far from that arc. Yeah. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. You're just you're just making me think about watching Open Water too, the Shark Attack movie where there's no shark. <laughs> See, it's very easy just to absolutely lose your shit and then kill minorities for some reason yeah. don't worry about it speaking of a good bit a like we, we've established like you know you gotta invite him inside the house first call him feral say don't need an invitation if there's no house dude <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah dude one of my favorite parts of cutting the gas yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's such a good silent bit of him just like walking into their backyard without saying anything and just ripping up the dirt <laughs> and cutting the line <laughs> I did like Tony Collette drive away from there. It was like, hey, that guy's not really a vampire. Tell me what's really going on. I'm like, did you just see what he just did? <laughs> and then, like, his hand, like, poking through, like, the, the other side of the car. He's like, see? Creepy vampire hand. Let's go <laughs> to Vegas. Come too Talk far. to Chris Angel. He's going to save us from the ghouls. <laughs> I remembered he was in it. I did not remember to the extent. I do not remember that for the second half of the movie, like, everyone else is just in the hospital, so he becomes your second lead. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Owens, dude. I've I've never wanted to be, like, rich rich. I just want to be rich enough to have a whole separate room that's just an in-case-of-monster-break-glass room. Like, (laughs) oh, this will use on a werewolf. Obviously got a chalice of holy water here. We got some steaks here. (laughs) I want that room. We have this crucifix carved into a stake that was blessed by St. Michael himself. 
Plus, if you're if you're rich enough for that, that means you're also rich enough to get invited to the underground fights to the death, which is what we're all really angry also for. that. Yeah. <laughs> then you can... we know they're happening. Just uh, just send us a send us a postcard. Do, do you think Brackus would qualify for your anti monster room? <laughs> no, he'd just be the only thing in the room. <laughs> you would need an anti Brackus room. He's just sort of the giant tube they put Luke in in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> just pop it open when he's just in his underwear in the water. So he walks by with a ham sandwich that smells a little too good. <laughs> you and I both walk up with the keys from Dead Reckoning. We'll put them together and open up brackets. <laughs> warming brackets like he's the Jade Monkey. <laughs> Uh, that's one shoulder. <laughs> you have to hoist up his whole torso. Jesus Christ. His entire thorax have to twist it around to make the abs match up. <laughs> oh, fuck. We put him together backwards. Brackus. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that the head and the legs are facing forward, but his cock is just dangling behind his back with a tail. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the thing where they do to dogs where they cut off part of its tail? That's a thing. Sorry, what? Yeah, you know, like uh, fucking sometimes pit bulls have them, sometimes Rottweilers, where they have like a tail, but it's like kind of just a stub or whatever. What is that called? That Hold sucks. That up People should not. do No, that. you know that. You've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, dogs. Sorry, uh, if you talk about dogs, we're about to go down a whole stub. tangent about that Japanese dude. Dogs. So I need you to tell me if this is worth it. <laughs> Well, let's talk while he's uh, doing research. The intrusive thoughts are like going to pets, like, oh my god, I love your pit bull, and then just being some 45-year-old guy beating the shit out of your kid because <laughs> you turn yourself into a pit bull. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the ideas of dogs going up to sniff this fake dog and then just like not being, giving some Lovecraftian horror that they can't comprehend. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad that's where your brain went with it, because where my brain went, and presumably where Josh's brain also went, is think about all the flights you'd get on for free by pretending to be a service animal. Does <laughs> <laughs> your dog weigh 175 pounds? <laughs> no, it's okay, he'll sit on my lap, don't worry <laughs> I like the idea of getting a service animal but insisting on calling him your familiar. <laughs> My sister's got a service animal. I'm gonna start calling I'm gonna start calling Opa her familiar. Like I'm not a violent person at all. But if I went to pet someone's dog and it was a person in a twenty thousand dollar dog costume, I feel like just out of self defense I would kick as hard as I could. Like you have to Imagine someone just goes that he encounters that so every time he sees a dog from now on he gives it a quick sucker punch to see if it yelps or goes Ugh! <laughs> he just doesn't trust him anymore. <laughs> Why does he sound like a fucking golden eye enemy? <laughs> someone just fucking Robert De Niro kicking every dog he comes across because <laughs> he can't trust him anymore. <laughs> Stomping out these poor dogs. I'm really happy she's asleep. She would not appreciate these jokes, let me tell you. Oh, no. He's never acted like this before. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so who wins in a fight? The guy who became a dog or the uh, the Chinese guy who dressed up as a bear? <laughs> God, rules. Did you see the, the, the British anchor who apologized for insinuating that? Because it was actually a really funny apology. 
Uh, he apologized to his local Chinese restaurant. Oh, <laughs> that, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> I, I, that makes me really happy. It almost makes up for the psychic damage that was done to me when I saw a tweet earlier that just said, there's only eight different kinds of bears? And having to look that up and confirm it, like, man. Oh. That's not a lot of bears. We, we should get more bears. No wonder we think that one looks weird. <laughs> Okay, let me let me focus here. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah. So uh, the uh, the climax of Fright Night Brackus twenty eleven is Brackus comes in and saves the day. <laughs> this is in the uh, the director's cut, which uh, audiences were uh, not ready for. <laughs> there was too much yeah, violence. Tell me about it. <laughs> like I have to say, like the movie is good. Like if you didn't give it a chance, you should absolutely watch it. But everything with Peter Vincent is my favorite thing like the introduction of him walking around shirtless listening to Kid Cudi and only drinking green liqueur with nothing in it is such a funny bit to me I don't know why the fact that he only drinks Midori and just drinks it out of a little goblet presumably just because it looks cool I should like start doing that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good bit. Yeah. Just carrying around a green liqueur and a little chalice while you're talking about <laughs> vampires don't be crazy kid like this dude's living my life. Yeah. I want this. By the way, I love the idea that uh, his grand plan to defeat Dracula is to put on a fire suit and uh, light himself on fire and then Jeff Heath Dracula. <laughs> I gotta say, never seen that before. Yeah. Never yeah. seen a full body fire suit just going for the you admit, blindside block. It's an block original on... idea and it's one that really works. That's an ideas guy at work. That's for goddamn sure. Absolutely. We need a different way to take him out. Okay, I'll be back in a day. Yeah. <laughs> you, show you know, there's... Uh, I will say, yeah, both times I've watched this, 10 minutes, and I'm like, well, I guess this is in 3D, huh? Oh. That probably would have been cool. Yeah, well, you know, it was the, the era. It was a different time. Yeah. I, I'll say this, like, there's not quite as much comedy as there was in the original. That is a compliment. Uh, but uh, the other thing about it is, as far as scary, like, I don't know, because, like, different things scare different people, but... Most importantly, this it kind of feels like a fun adventure movie. Like, I like these characters. I want to see the good guys win. I want to see the bad guys lose. And uh, that's just a well-constructed narrative. Yeah, I mean, uh, Alex is, doesn't love horror movies. Obviously, you're the biggest horror fan I know. Which puts hey! me square in the middle. And all and all <laughs> three of us love this movie. Correct. It's got to say something. <laughs> this movie fucks. Yeah, a I'm movie that, like... Yeah. I guess we can... Honestly, just... like... If you think about that era where they were just rebooting any horror movie that had ever made money before or had a name, this has got to be like, without even looking, top three. Like, without even pulling up the whole list. What's, what else is even slasher. in the conversation? Well, I mean, I'm sure you know. And if you don't, then Chris definitely knows. Yeah, top I mean, if anyone would know. You see, top three of what? Top three. Just horror remakes from like the 2000s, 2010s. Okay, that's a really narrow field. I think, a, yeah, this is the only we had good all one. All the J horrors, <laughs> all the slashers, like they remade. There was a lot so of bad much. ones in there. This is like oh, yeah. the good one, as far as I can tell. Other than Scream Six, of course. Uh, well, so other than Scream Six. <laughs> By the way, I, I, is that on the list yet? Yeah. No, I uh, I followed a guy on Twitter uh, who I hadn't followed before, but no. He was, said some stuff I thought was uh, pretty reasonable and his first tweet as soon as I followed him was I love Scream 6 can't wait for Scream 7 and I had to immediately unfollow him so yeah sometimes it happens like that yeah. uh, 
I tell you what, let me let me look up uh, the, the other. I mean, if you want to expand it further, like if you want to take out the obvious, like yes, the thing, the blob, the thing, yeah, the yeah, fly, like we know, we know all those. Yeah. If you take those out, like this still ranks pretty high up there, and I feel like it didn't get a good shot because also uh, the people who are most fucking irritating about remaking the classics are fucking horror fans. And if you're not a horror fan, you've never heard of Fright Night <laughs> because why would you? So we're sitting in a theater watching like. Is this a movie about a, a vampire Colin Farrell? I'm not fucking watching that. <laughs> well, and that's a uh, well, that's that sounds like an audience problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I when I first saw this, I had no idea it was a remake because why would I know or care that? But uh, I see fucking Colin Farrell as a vampire and McLovin on the box. Like I'm pressing play. Like what the uh, fuck is wrong with you people? I'm, I'm looking at other horror movies from the 2010s. Here's one for you. Let Me In. That was a remake. Of a movie that came out the yeah, year you before. Love that one. <laughs> you love that. Yeah. Uh, oh, Piranha 3D. Hey, that's a good one. That that's better than the original Piranha. <laughs> I'll tell you that. That's, that's good for a similar yeah. reason. It ain't scary, yeah. but boy, you'll have a real good time yeah. with it. No, the other thing though about like, you know, hey, don't remake the classics is my my thing, and I do consider the original Fright Night. It feels like a classic. Is my the only standard I have is that if you're going to remake a movie, you might as well do it better. That's why I like the thing so much. They, they they redid a classic and they did it way way better. And Fright Night is an example of redoing a classic much better. And it's not always the, oh here's one for it. the Wolfman. Boy, I didn't know You're, there was an original Wolfman, much less a remake. There's like six or seven, and only one of them's on the list. Thank God. <laughs> well, uh, I guess I'll find out in like November then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna get that. I mean, like, yeah, like you said, if you're gonna remake something, do it better. And the answer to that is a stage magician with a fucking <laughs> bandolier of stakes and holy bullets. <sighs> that really? is the correct way to do it. Instead of you know a movie where you just like, hey, you guys remember the beats of the first one? What if they weren't afraid of no ghosts? Oh wait, you guys like that? You're right, Parker. I I don't know if you mentioned already, but yeah, Evil Dead 2013 would be you know the other example. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's a small list. Yeah. And Evil Dead, like, has, I'm not going to say it's popular, but way more people have heard of oh, it yeah. than have heard of oh, that's fucking true. You know, Fright Night. Because I, I was thinking of the other ones around that year, because this is 2011. They had that, uh, it was a 2009 or 2008, they had one for fucking, well, they had two for Halloween. They had Halloween 1 and 2 by Rob Zombie, thanks for that. Yeah, you love those. Yeah. Uh, they had the... the... I, I choose to believe that Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie is a remake of Halloween 2. I, I'm going to find out, that's uh, on the list. And more, I have, so. more than you would care to think. No, god damn it. Oh, that's right. okay. Hey, yeah. what if there's an extended sequence, hey, you remember how Halloween 2, the original, was in a hospital? Yeah. What if that's like a huge like opening sequence? Great. And then look at me. What if that sequence is a dream? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. I've seen the Halloween movie with the cult, and I've seen the Halloween movie with Paul Rudd, and even I won't watch this. <laughs> Correct. You know that's. Nor should you. You know they also did uh, one for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. That was the one with like Jackie Earl Haley. Unwatchable. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking terrible. The other one they did. Uh, no, they made a really good decision to lean into more of like the pedophilia. A, oh, were they were they wrong for killing him? But also. No, he definitely fucked kids. Yeah. So you're like, wait, what are we doing here? Yeah. Also, they had a fucking um, uh, Friday the Thirteenth remake. Remember how good that was? I mean, and oh, that was also the, the one with the the Thing prequel. 
You know, one of the fucking I've, worst movies I've, I've ever seen. seen. Ask me, <laughs> ask me anything about that. I got nothing. I, I, I'll refresh your memory. There's a, a lady protagonist. That's something that's up your alley based on what you've watched. And yeah, uh, I love that horrendous special effects. Love those too. Yeah, and they show all the in between transformations. You know, the thing that fucking ruins the movie. Oh, good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, are right. you saying that's a remake that takes uh, iconography you remember and then gives you like? a lot of details about it that don't enhance the experience but actually make it worse yeah man <laughs> hope that doesn't happen again <laughs> boy it sure like for movie. those guys <laughs> oh god they had Maniac that remake that's fun that's a yeah it's a, it's a good time we all love it yeah alright so uh, conclusive evidence um, if you haven't seen the Fright Night remake because rightfully so you were like why the fuck would I watch a Fright Night remake treat yourself it's really good. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, magic is real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, hold on. Remind me to say that when we're not recording. Okay. Well, we can. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! It's it's not racist. It's just. Oh no! And that's the tea, sis.